Michigan J. Frog just showed up in the World of Mayhem to do battle, and Bugs Bunny is in the Matrix Resurrections? So of course you realize this means podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadets? Meep, meep. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today is my friend and soon-to-be-yours, Austin Bose. They are an author of Mrs. Macabre, which you can currently buy on Amazon, as well as Legend of the Raven Queen. So check those out. Austin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jonathan. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for being on the show with me to discuss this wonderful androgynous frog who is multi-talented as you, as you, yeah. I mean, like it, we honestly have been talking about doing this episode since I started the podcast yeah. and you had told me that this character means so much to you that I needed to uh, have you on. And I was, I was so thrilled that you have such an affinity for one of these characters, these Looney Tunes characters and their history. So of course I was going to wait for the character to show up within the game, the world of mayhem, which you can buy on iOS and download anywhere, Google play or wherever and play this RPG, this wonderful RPG that is so fun and does such a good illustration of these characters and, and bring them into modern day and the new techniques that they use to make them 3d is really fun and really, you know, um, honoring of what came before and, Chuck Jones created this character back in 1955 and we are going to delve deep into the history and like the hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my ragtime gal singing frog. Like it is a must to talk about on a Looney Tunes podcast. So we are here to do that. But before we begin, there's some news that we got to touch on. So you ready to discuss some Looney Tunes news? I'm always ready to discuss some Looney Tunes news. Excellent. So season four of the Looney Tunes cartoons on HBO Max has a release date of January 20th. It's so funny to me, these seasons, because there's new batches that happen. And season one had like three batches and they weren't called new seasons. And then season two is like, you know, 10 more episodes, but it's uh, its own batch. <laughs> the, the wording here means nothing. All that, all it means is we're getting new shorts to watch and to devour I just got to say that the talented team over there at Warner Brothers behind these posters, um, including uh, the newest one by Robert Griggs, is phenomenal. I love these posters. I I have actually like created these my cell phone backgrounds out of these posters because they're so fun and like I, I love looking at them. Um, you saw the poster. What did you think? This sort of new iteration of Looney Tunes and the stuff that Disney is doing with Mickey Mouse yeah, it's like the Paul Rudis stuff is so good. Yeah, it's 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 the best these characters have been in decades, mm -hmm. uh, really for for me. Um, yeah, at least same, they're just same. they're just they they thread that needle of like of of understanding like why these characters have like been around for decades as well as like updating them for modern audiences like that's a really hard like needle to, to thread um, it is and so, they do it so masterfully like you would think and and this even happened at warner brothers they were sent the new ones and the i think the assistant or somebody saw them and they were like oh we need the new ones you send us old ones and they were like no those are the new ones like they <laughs> they are that ingrained in our in our psyche of like what looney tunes are as shorts that whenever they did the reboot and they started you know coming out with them people were like wait this is from 2020 this isn't from like 1940s yeah <laughs> like that's that's masterful work i think and everybody over there like jim soper the the guy that is remodeling and bringing these 
uh, classic characters and giving them like a, a retro spin. He's doing these with such nuance. And obviously you have 2D animation mixed with the, you know, the stitching of the new, um, the wiring and everything like that's new in animation. And, and it, some of it is like super flawless and it's, you know, I, I, I I'm a fan. I love it. It, it. I mean, it's just, it's so weird being like, cause, cause I mean, I, and I guess we'll talk about this later on when we're talking about like our history with like Looney Tunes and stuff. But I remember when, um, I remember seeing advertisements for Looney Tunes Unleashed or what was that? What was that? Was that like the like extreme versions of, of like bugs and stuff? Yes. That that was where they're superheroes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I remember seeing that advertisement while like during a commercial break for the Batman, the, the other cartoon. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which is really good and really underrated I think um, I really like that version of Batman but um, I remember seeing that advertisement and that was like the first time as like a child I remember being like that's when I like started to form like an actual like criticism part of my brain because when sure. you're a kid you're like <laughs> you just like love everything that's like put in front of you but like with this I was like that's that's right there was something like deeply like lovecraftian like sort of like that that is that is that is that is wrong that is just (laughs) it's it's a perversion of nature it was it was just so it's so weird to see them like go like the other way now and like completely get it right so it's like it's just great to see them like get it right you know finally so. Absolutely. It's it's so great yeah. that they took a chance uh, with Pete Brungard over at, you know, the the head of that. And I feel they're they're going in the right direction and they're gaining momentum with every new batch. I feel like there, there's there's more love and, and more conversation about them mm-hmm. with every new one. And, and I feel like yeah. that's really great to see. And I, I love that progression. Yeah. So we have a poster. We have the date. Uh, January 20th is when that's going to drop out um on hbo max and before then we're gonna get a trailer that shows off some new animation and i cannot wait to see what's in store for wiley coyote and roadrunner and like those shorts are great and on the poster itself uh which we haven't even talked about um has bugs bunny and yosemite sam and yosemite sam is fishing and bugs is on the on the line so you know he caught himself a stinker and we're gonna (laughs) see if he throws it back or if he gets, you know, manhandled by bugs. Well, that, so, okay. I've been meaning to ask you since you're the expert on this, has Yosemite Sam ever fished b- before? No, he has not. Oh, so he's this been a pirate. Like, so he's been on the sea, but so he has this, never fished before. This is new territory for it's Sam. Brand Bull. new territory. He's never held a fishing pole. This is, this is, <laughs> this is now we're, I mean, for, forgive the pun. We're getting into uncharted waters here. Like this, this is really like, I thought you were going to say he's a fish out of water in this story. <laughs> well, this, I, I don't know. This kind of feel, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but this does kind of feel like a Matrix Resurrections, like Alana Wachowski, like really like going for it. Like this, everything <laughs> that you know about this character is just now different. Like this, this is, this is huge, Jonathan. Like this is, this is. Game changing. It yeah. really is. It really yeah. is. Um, Taking away the gun and putting in a fishing pole. I, it, I mean, <laughs> The times they are changing. That's, that's, it's, it's, yeah. Speaking of changing times and changing seasons, we had a wonderful out of nowhere surprise this Thanksgiving when we were treated to a four part series that gave us our first Looney Tunes story driven podcast. This was done by the wonderful people over at Story Pirates, directed by Lee Overtree, and had Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck on a road trip to essentially make a Thanksgiving movie. November, the coldest month of the year. Week four, the coldest week of the month. Thursday, the coldest day of the week. That day has a name. And that name, Thanksgiving Day. 
Oh, brother. Coming soon, it's Bugs and Daffy's Thanksgiving Road Trip, a four-part original podcast series featuring the Looney Tunes like you've never seen them before. I hear they're not even drawing us. We're not. This was delightful. Eric Bowser provided the voice of both Bugs and Daffy, which he's done so on this podcast, on this very show. And he does it to an extreme delight. I, I, I just, I cannot get enough of that man talking to himself in these voices. <laughs> it's so delightful. And it was written by Menze Kurami. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, but the writing was awesome. And there are really fun nuances and references to past Looney Tune shorts in the writing of this. And I loved those. I caught everyone and I was, I was just so giddy and it had phenomenal score by Jack Mitchell. And this team that came together and produced this Looney Tunes content did it on the level of the best Looney Tunes content on HBO Max, I feel. Like, it was really fun. And they even had something that I toyed around with at the beginning of the show, which was Acme commercials interludes. And those were really fun. It's like um, it's like WandaVision. It is like WandaVision. I mean, how is it like WandaVision? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how they do like how they did. I mean, I oh yes, I never yes. finished the series, but they did those like commercial breaks. Yes, it did. Yeah, for like different Marvel products. Hmm. Absolutely. And I, I I highly recommend if you haven't listened to that, go and listen to it. Download all four episodes and listen to them. They're all out now. And it was such a fun thing that they did. And I really hope that they continue. I, I think that we need a St. Patrick's Day one. You know, that's the next holiday that doesn't get a lot of love. So on the podcasting narrative front, I guess, <laughs> or, you know, shoving the Looney Tunes in there. Um, you already what if have... they did like a St. Patrick's Day thing with Marvin the Martian? Oh, that'd be fun. Maybe. Because he's well, kind of a leprechaun like... Porky Pig has run into the leprechaun, okay. uh, O'Malley, uh, you know, once or twice. Okay. And so there's already precedent for it. You oh. can just pluck him and then, yeah, give him to another character. Give him to Marvin the Martian, see how he interacts with him. Yeah. Uh, see if he's after that pot of gold or if he just wants to get out of his hair so he can conquer the world. You know, it'll be fun. So anyways, I really enjoyed that. That debuted on November 22nd this year. And was a lot of fun. So if you, obviously, um, I loved it. So if you want to check that out, highly recommend it. And as Austin had mentioned, we had Bugs Bunny in the Matrix Resurrections this weekend, which is phenomenal to have that sort of Looney Tunes representation within this wonderful franchise. I personally grew up with The Matrix, the first movie. The second movie and third movie were seminal in my film-going experiences as they were with within that realm of me being able to go to the movies on my own, driving to the theater, seeing Rated R on my own, uh, which I did multiple times. It was Kill Bill Volume 2 and then The Matrix movies. And I... I, I had some issues with Reloaded and Revolutions, but on the whole, I really enjoyed the story that we were told and to have, to go back to the matrix, to, to, you know, pull that line from the, from this trailer, I really didn't know what to expect and to be given a gift of such a, a knowledge, a love and a reverence for the past, but putting them in a new meta era was so rewarding for a fan that I just couldn't help but love every minute of this movie. And having a character be a, a gray hair, if you will, to represent the gray that is inside of this version of the matrix. It's not black and white anymore. It's not Neo versus Smith. There's a lot of gray here. It's and not black or green. It's not black or green. There you go. 
And we are getting some crazy nuance within this story. But I I ate it up. I really loved it. I, I love meta. I feel like if you if you love Gremlins 2 and if you love Freddy's new nightmare, go see this movie. Go see Matrix Resurrections after watching the first three. And you will get the same vibes from that. I was so thankful that I got to sit next to super fans. I was sitting next to a woman dressed as Niobe. And wait, it, wait, are we are we talking like which Niobe? Are we talking like digital self-image Niobe or yes, like digital self Niobe? Digital okay. self-image Niobe from okay. Matrix Reloaded. And her entourage was Neo, Trinity, and like like they, they came out, right? They oh, they were wow. dressed as it was an event. And I felt I felt relieved that I was in good company <laughs> for this viewing. Yeah. So Austin, what was it like for you to see a character that was so fun and so curious about the world of the matrix inside this movie? And their name is Bugs Bunny. And, and their name is Bugs Bunny. Um... Jessica Henwick, by the way, just killed this role. Like oh. she was phenomenal. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, I I mean, so okay, I've watched this movie twice now within the past twenty four hours. Um, I did not see it in the theater yet. I haven't seen it in the theater yet. I watched it at home, <laughs> so I was not there with. Oh with yeah, so did I. No, my my wife was dressed as Niobe, and like we had our dogs dressed as Neo and Trinity. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We we went to the IMAX. <laughs> Now I'm picturing like Gus Gus with like a Morpheus sunglasses, <laughs> jacket. His paws are like the red pill, the blue pill. Um, <laughs> little gloves, little gloves. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and it's like uh, it's like whenever you tell him like it's dinner time, he goes, "I know exactly what you mean." Um, <laughs> Oh, he does. He loves chicken. Yeah, but before he licks you, he goes, this is good. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, this is going to feel a little weird. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so you watched it twice. I, I yes. take it that you liked it. Yeah, I am a huge uh, Matrix fan. Uh, not only that, I'm a huge like Wachowski fan. Yes. Um, if you were to ask me who are... My top five favorite filmmakers, the Wachowski sisters, would be in there for sure um, for me. Um, like you, um, Matrix was a big deal for me as a kid. Um, I did see uh, Reloaded and Revolutions the day they came out. Uh, I think they were the like the two first rated R movies I ever saw in a theater. Um, although if Kill Bill came out before then, then I saw Kill Bill. Um, before then. Anyway, I've been a huge fan of, of the movies ever since then. Um, they, they've they also been a particularly uh, important to me in terms of like coming out recently. And, um, and watching this movie was such like an overwhelming like sensory experience. Like when you watch it for the first time, you're just like so like just just washed with all with everything that's going on like especially within the first 20 minutes so when you add a looney tunes reference to it it was just another like gift that the movie was giving to me uh you know because when i first saw her like in like the casting list as bugs i was like oh that's cute like bugs is like you know hacking like via like a bug in a computer and then they like made it clear like no 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 we mean like bugs as in bunny and then later on when she says what's up doc i was like i like my fists were in the air i was just it was just thank you thank you so much lana i I had a noticeable smile on my face oh i well i was grinning from ear to ear the entire movie um and a few it's just a joyous experience it is i mean it is because like you plug back into that world and for it to be like you know to see it to be that manipulated and then for Neo and Trinity to like break through. Yeah. And like how it like 
takes what you, it's not only like meta because it's clearly like um it is like that gremlins 2 new nightmare thing um gremlins 2 uh just a little sidebar here uh, i think is um better than citizen kane like it is like one of like the greatest <laughs> films ever made um it is, i will not fight you on that it is yeah i'm actually throwing the gauntlet down right now if you ever do a gremlins 2 episode i'm 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 going to raise I'm going to volunteer I'm going to be like Katniss and volunteer for for that spot. You volunteer as tribute. Um, yes, I volunteer as tribute for, for two Gremlins 2. Um, I will take you up on that. All right, thank you. Um and uh cuz I can talk all day about that movie. Um but anyways, I love how it's not only just meta, it's not only just a critique of of you know all of this sort of um nostalgia stuff that that hollywood is doing a lot lately but it's also like it is a genuine sequel to the matrix series in terms of like it evolves what without spoiling it 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 evolves what what sort of what's in the first movies and just takes it to like the next step yeah uh for me um at least evolution yeah where all of the stuff where they where they go into like okay this is what the world looks like now i'm like i would never have thought that and that's exactly where this world would have gone yeah yeah i love the use of the the ios uh, or the io um being the new zion Mm -hmm. and that being the uh, apple operating system and also how everyone's addicted to their phones in this reality yep and yeah if you haven't seen i we haven't given anything away. If you haven't seen the matrix resurrections, do yourself a favor and check it out. You may not like it. It may not be your, your bag, but just check it out. And if you are curious, you can dive deeper and, uh, you know, find more things to, to find out about it because yes, uh, as, as Austin mentioned, the Wachowski sisters are behind this one. Um, as well, well, well at least it's, one it's of just them. Lana, um, yeah. right? So, uh, Lana was the one that had this idea, and she brought it to life, and and it manifested this wonderful piece of art that I feel will be discussed for millennia. Um, but the the great thing about it is that before this movie existed, the Wachowski, the Wachowski siblings had created mixed media within the matrix universe. So you had video games that already existed. You Mm -hmm. had, um, uh, computer, uh, scenes, like scenes that happened within the video game narratives that weren't in the movies that they actually shot while they were making reloaded and revolutions. And there, there's so much more to learn about the universe that even if you don't like this one movie, um, if you go back and learn more about it, um, maybe you can come back to it later on and have a whole new appreciation for it later. Like, you just don't know. Art is ever changing. Yeah. And I mean, I think if you don't like it, I think it's important to sort of ask yourself, well, why don't I like it? Like, really kind of like, kind of challenge yourself and sort of interrogate, like, is it because it's something that is it because it's it's different than what I thought I was going to get, you know? Um, or is it something else? You know, I think that's one of the questions that the movie asks is that why don't we really kind of like ask ourselves like when we get sort of like these binary reactions to stuff, why why don't we ask ourselves like, well, what if we looked at it this way? Right. Um, and also, I should say that there is another um, Looney Tunes character in this movie. Um, oh, really? He only, yeah, he only shows up briefly. Um, he's called the Merovingian. <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to give I don't want to give anything away to people who haven't <laughs> ever watched this movie. But I know where you're going with this, and that is hilarious. <laughs> I, <laughs> Yes. So that also has has another connection to Looney Tunes, is that it's very silly. I would agree with that (laughs) in the best way. Yes. Speaking of silly, and that that is a perfect segue into getting us back on track to talk about one of the beloved characters who made their way to being a mascot of the entire WB network before Cartoon Network was born. And 
having such an impact on the art of cartoons. Let's talk about One Froggy Evening, directed by Chuck Jones. This short starts with a construction worker uh, trying to make a living and he's poor. He's down on his luck and he finds this J.C. Wilbur building built in 1892. It, it, it's just it's mind boggling how crazy of a synopsis this is and how great it turned out to be. It could not have been done with I feel any other director because there's so much nuance with the side, the side glances with the main actor um, and with the, the little, the frog movements, because when he's not dancing, Michigan J frog is, is a frog people. And when he's not dancing, he's a frog and he has these great little glances (laughs) that he's like above it all. But he just likes to sing and dance when no one's around except for this one guy. And it drives him literally bonkers. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss by wire. Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. And... It is one of the wildest Looney Tunes shorts that ever existed, but it has such artistry behind it because those songs, the the only time that Michigan J. Frog is singing is the only dialogue in the short. That is a masterful approach to this because I guarantee you like 90% of animation directors would have had other people talking before, you know, before the frog starts talking like it it is it is so it is such a wonderful piece of work okay so you are a big fan of this short i am let's dive deep what 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 do you love about getting a a short that is so wacky about a guy who finds a frog who in private will sing and dance to him and when he tries to exploit it it doesn't work well, Jonathan, <clears throat> like uh, Gremlins 2, uh, I also think this short is better than Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, as a kid, uh, this and um, What's Opera Doc were my two favorite Looney Tunes shorts because they were the most um, chaotic um, and the most just... Um, as you can probably tell, like by my love for Gomans Two and the Matrix Resurrections, I like things that are a little bit, a uh, little bit loony. Uh, if if uh, if you can pardon if you can pardon the pun. Um, sure, sure. And you know, as an as you know, as a short androgynous thing myself, um, I I can relate to uh, to the main character uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, but um, do you have a top hat? I do, you know what? There is one on a, on a, a Christmas tree, um, so I do have a top hat, and um, that oh, is yes. our tree topper is a top hat. Does your tree sing and dance? Oh, I w- well, no, that's the thing. So whenever we have company <laughs> over, it just it's just a tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying because I can't sleep, so it's like either <laughs> keep singing and dancing. It's does getting it like Christmas songs, or does I, it like? <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's getting like pine needles everywhere, and just yeah, yeah, it's just and ornaments are breaking out and stuff. My dog is terrified of it, Um, but um, (laughs) my dog is the one who's giving the side eye to the camera. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But so, I mean, apart from the fact that this is just a great joke, like 
and not not only that, but we also should talk about its influence on Spaceballs on um on, yes. on, on, on oh, one of the we, best jokes we, in space. Okay. We will get to the references. Okay, okay. Um I um watching it now as an adult, I can kind of see like this weird kind of satire on like the rela- on the relationship between like art and commerce. Mm-hmm. Where like when you're a creative person like you're just like when you're when you're just doing it like by yourself like it's really singing and really sort of like doing its thing it's great but once you try to make money off of that thing it just falls flat like nobody like pays attention to it so it's like this weird kind of like push and pull kind of thing yeah um although um having just watched the uh the the other short that michigan is in um it really has changed my perspective on the character, um, which we'll get to later. But okay. um, yeah, I mean, let's get to it now. It, it, oh, it really? does, does he time travel? I mean, I, I, well, not only that, but it did remind me a lot. It reminded me of a couple of things. One, it made me realize that Michigan J. Frog is like the Hellraiser box. <laughs> <laughs> the box. Um, he's like this ancient, like kind of like demon, uh, demon of some sort, where like you open the box up and it just all like chaos ensues, <laughs> and like it's like you open the box, like this is what you wanted, like it's sort of like it's it is a parable on like the on hell, on like humankind, like just can't help but. You know, it did actually remind me a lot of Prometheus in a way. Um, Interesting. In terms of like, because like my favorite prequels are like the ones that really kind of like change my perspective on the source material. Um, okay. And and Prometheus is one of them. And um, and and so it did kind of remind me of that in terms of like all the time jumps, where it's like this is the history of of the the chaos demon known as Michigan J Frog. And the thing is, well, okay. So is he can is his like is like his curse connected to that is it like a generational thing? Because That's what I was thinking. Okay. So yeah, so curse, like every generation this guy like whatever his family line is is cursed and whenever this guy gets to a certain age, he comes across this frog who torments him and just ruins his life. See, now I'm like making connections to like Jumanji, the original Jumanji, where like, where like the kid like finds like, because Jumanji was like a thing that really scared me as a kid. Because um, you'd get, you, you thought you'd get stuck in quicksand? No, no. It was because I was terrified that I would get sucked into the game. Like I had the oh. board game and my dad and I were playing it one day and I had to stop in the middle of it because I was just too like, I, I don't want to get sucked into the game for until I'm like old Robin Williams. I don't want to <laughs> do that. Yeah, that, that could be that could be a fear for sure. But yeah, it is kind of like this weird kind of like monkey's paw kind of like pet cemetery kind of thing. You are very onto something about the monkey's paw part of it. Yeah. So Warner brothers and Looney Tunes in specific are really good at parody. We know Mm -hmm. this. I've talked about it endlessly. I love it. I love when they, when they do parody. So this is actually a parody. Did you know that? What? Yeah. So this story is written by Michael Maltese, uh, the only credited writer on it, but it is based on a scene from a movie called Once Upon a Time in 1944, which is a comedy fantasy film starring Cary Grant. And Cary Grant plays a character who sees, as a kid, Curly. Curly is a caterpillar who sits on his tail and dances, yes, sir, that's my baby, on his harmonica. And that kid goes through life and no one will believe him. Tell him the ideas I have. Tell him the show I'm putting on. Tell him how it's going to make theatrical history. Go on, tell him. Well, you see, in this production... Never mind, I'll tell him myself. Look, Mackenzie, what does the public need in times like these? Escape. 
So does does this cause like problems for Cary Grant as an adult? Like no one will, but like, does he have a like psychosis? Like, is he, is this, is this, is he like Neo in the Matrix Resurrections where like he's having like, no, this is, I'm telling you, this is like what actually happened. These two things are more alike than I thought, but yes, yes. So I'm going to leave that to you. If you want to watch, if you want to watch the movie, it's called Once Upon a Time. It's this really crazy uh, adaptation of a magazine story by Lucille Fletcher. Um, Yeah. So like it it gets, it gets weirder. (laughs) It was adapted by Norman Corwin uh, who wrote the movie. And yeah. So like this entire thing has a lineage. Maybe it was a demon at some point (laughs) and people just adapted it. And it became this really popular thing because Chuck Jones got a hold of it at one point. (laughs) I don't know, but this is getting wild. So, yes, uh, I would say that there is something to the the artistry that they put into it. Michael Maltese's story and a, about being a guy who's down on his luck and he's a construction worker and he finds this box and it has a frog in it. But on another level, I'm like, what deeper psychosis did somebody go through that led to this and led to a radio show and then led to a magazine article and then led to this other Cary Grant movie. I don't know. It's really bizarre. It's really out there, but Michigan J frog has had a lengthy career. He not only starred in one of the best shorts that came out on December 31st, 1955, which I was not born in 1955, but December 31st is my birthday. And my wife earlier today said that, this short always felt like a New Year's Eve thing to her. And I was like, that is bizarre that you said that. And I didn't know the release date until we were just about to hop on the air. So that is freaking me out. But <laughs> you know what's also a New Year's Eve thing for me? What is that? Gremlins 2, the new batch. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that actually take place on New Year's? Like they the, the do. Movie? They there's there there's a musical <laughs> number where they all sing uh, New York. New, New that's York. right. That's right. So, which I kind of relate to. I think it's kind of New Year'sy. So that's what I really. Any excuse to watch Gremlins to the new batch, I will take. There you go. So, yeah. There you go. The the phenomenal animation of One Froggy Evening by Abe Levidow and Richard Thompson, Ken Harris, Ben Washam, like it's off the charts amazing. And this is the one thing I got to point out. So Bill Roberts is the voice of the frog. This is one of the only Chuck Jones shorts where Mel Blanc didn't do provide a voice mm. for it. Uh, Bill Roberts was the singing voice for the Michigan J Frog, and he's he was the only voice in this short. And then he was replaced um, after he sadly passed away um, in the, another froggy evening, uh, Michigan J frog voice uh, by Jeff McCarthy. So there, there was a long lineage of this actor uh, voicing this frog and it being that, that presence. Like when you, when you think of this frog, you think, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. You know, like you, you think of those words, you think of the songs, you think of the, the vaudevillian esque presence of him. It is phenomenal that a frog in a top hat with a little cane can provide such joy in a memory of this character. It brings us hope for us all, really. I feel like you know, like if Michigan can do it, then so can I. Um, yeah, I, I hope it's a good uh, sign that we're talking about him right before the year 2022. Because, yes. you know, he is a symbol of hope. He is a symbol of, of uh, you know, strength and, and like fun. And I hope that I hope that we see. Michigan J frog in 2022. I hope it's not just individuals that get to see him. I I hope it's the whole world. I guess this is a good time uh, to announce that Jonathan and I are starting the church of Michigan J frog. (laughs) Um, This whole podcast has just been a backdoor way to start our cult. So (laughs) grab your top hats and your canes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the higher power of Warner Brothers. Um, so, so as I alluded to, it was an incredible accomplishment that animation historians have called elegant, um, which is by Mike Barrier, a word that he usually doesn't use to comment on cartoons by, but he says that this is an elegant short that whenever you think of this short, you feel a sense of masterful, like penmanship, the way that the story progresses and how you feel for the protagonist in this. And, and you feel bad for him, even though like you love seeing Michigan J frog do his thing. He just can't get an audience, even though he puts a free beer sign out front uh, (laughs) and he gets all the people there. uh, The curtain won't open. There's always something that goes wrong for the frog not to be seen and for him not to get an agent and make money off of this thing. It's just really bizarre how this demon works in mysterious ways. (laughs) Um, But he appeared again in another Chuck Jones short 40 years later. In 1995, Chuck Jones was back with Another Froggy Evening. So as I mentioned, this was voiced by Jeff McCarthy. That was the voice of the frog in this. And Joe Alasky provided the voice of Marvin the Martian. And you really had an expansion of the lore because you had Michigan J. Frog going all the way back to beyond 1892 to show you that he was like before the dinosaurs alive and yeah he's like he's like the monolith from 2001 a space (laughs) and he 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 basically came up with the concept of music (laughs) he did (laughs) and dancing and and top hats (laughs) so and iron boxes oh my god so there's there's so many questions I had. This story is <laughs> written by Dan Arioli, uh, Stephen Fasati, and Stan Freeberg. And again, directed by Chuck Jones. The, uh, you know, the side glances are a little much in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little shaky in terms yep. of quality. Um, you did get a progression as you see the different generations of this man who we were introduced to back in one froggy evening at, in the 1940s or 1950s, rather you, you see his like lineage. You see him as a caveman. You see him uh, in the, in the Greek times, um, the Romans, like it's really bizarre that I, we, we had the first short start in the, in the forties. And then in that we get a future version of him where he finds the frog in like, 20 maybe 2022 maybe oh, it's very ominous i don't know don't say that don't say hope, that. maybe it was 2020 maybe maybe, maybe that's what it was he, he came across in 2020 although we don't have laser uh cutting technology for bricks yet yes do we yeah uh, okay yeah yeah, oh, yeah, coming in 2022 yeah, he, he, laser uh, cutting bricks <laughs> yeah elon musk is working on that <laughs> so this one had a huge generation uh exploration of this one man and then it got to space and marvin the martian found him at long last i have captured a perfect specimen of an operatic earthling froggius todi how delightful so austin overall what was your take on this short my favorite joke was the salad is caesar Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good, but um, other than that, I was like, because when I when I started playing this short, I was like, I'm worried about this because I feel like this is like a one joke kind of thing. You can only do it once, because like I, like I was telling you before the show, I thought um, you know I thought one Friday evening was it, just Michigan J Frog was that and the WB host, you know for. <laughs> WB that's where I sure. was first introduced to him was with um on the WB um but um uh other than that I I liked the idea of <laughs> I don't know if this was Jones's intention but the idea of this frog has cursed this man's like life and his 
like legacy and and his like his like it just follows him. He's it's really kind of terrifying. Like once you think about it, like Michigan <laughs> is just following this man throughout time to torment him. Absolutely, all of it. Uh, the sins of the father will be met upon their children and their grandchildren. He's kind of like Freddy Krueger in a way, where he just like he can, you know, Freddy goes after the Elm Street kids. Well, Michigan jo- goes after the children of this poor man. You know, I, um, I feel like we have accidentally uh, divulged a new horror franchise mm. that tackles multi generational victims. Yes. Of the same lineage. I'm picturing right now, it would be like the Fear Street trilogy. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Where like each, like each movie is like a different year and, but they're all connected by this one thing. And this one thing is Michigan J frog. Instead of the conjuring, it's the Michiganing. The Michiganing. Yeah. The, the Michigan rag universe. <laughs> so some of the songs featured hello, my baby. Uh, Words and Music by Ida Emerson and Joseph E. Howard. That song is from 1899. Wow. Yeah. And and those sounds like 1899 names, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Then we had the Michigan Rag, which was uh, written by Michael Maltese and Milt Franklin and Chuck Jones uh, for this cartoon. Everybody do the Michigan Rag. Everybody likes the Michigan ride. Every maim and chain and roof. Stomp, romp, hop the Michigan. Jump, clump, pump the Michigan ride. That love and ride. We also had Come Back to Iran or Irene. It's Irene. Probably the latter instead of the former. (laughs) Come Back to Irene. My guess. Uh, words and music by Clara by Clarabelle. Uh, it's a that that's a pseudonym for Charlotte Arling uh, Allington Bernard, Barnard. Jeez, I'm butchering. Butch- well, that, no, <laughs> that that's why she had the pseudonym And that song was from 1866. Okay, then it's definitely not come further. back to Iran. <laughs> and then I'm just wild about Harry. Wild about Harry, and Harry's wild about me. Oh, I'm just wild about Harry, and he's just wild about can I do without he's just wild about me. Words and music by U.B. Blake and Noble Sissel. Written for the musical Shuffle Along in 1921. That checks out. Michigan J. Frog gets around. He saw a musical in 1921. Yeah. I mean, clearly, like like you said, he invented music. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> and time travel. Throw Him Down, McCloskey. Words and music by John W. Kelly. That song is from 1890. Throw him down, McCloskey. You can lick him if you try. And future generations with wonder and delight. Of the great fight. That that eighteen ninety nine titles they they don't make them like they used to. They this one's even this one's even further away. Uh, so Largo Al Factotum, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, composed by Giacchino Rossini for the opera The Barber of Seville, eighteen sixteen. And there you go. There's a a rabbit of Seville, barber of Seville reference for you. Can you With can you imagine country. if Billy Eilish covered "Throw Him Down" McCluskey or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> be a hit. It would be a hit, and the kids would love it. And the last one is "Please Don't Talk About Me When I'm Gone." 
Words and Music by Sidney Clare, Sam H. Step, and B. Palmer, 1930. What a roster of songs. Did you know there were that many songs in the short? I no, no, I no. Uh as a kid, I thought it was the same song, just different versions or different sections of that one song. Yeah, I thought it was like I, I thought it was too. I thought it was like different verses or like there was at least like one or two songs in the short. Like that that's really surprising. That wow. Yeah. Super that's surprising. Kind of, really yeah. didn't know that. So that was exciting to discover. Upon my research for Michigan J Frog, who is not on enough merchandise. Michigan J Frog needs to be on more merchandise. I would buy the hell out of a sweater or a hoodie if Michigan J was on it. Just a little top hat, little cane, little dance movements, um, you know, poses. So uh, fast forward, uh, we're in the 90s with another froggy evening. Uh, you know what else was happening at that time? Animaniacs. So he had to show up in the Animaniacs. I was like, uh, he I is was like in... the Gulf War. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, no, no, no. We're keeping it cartoons. Okay, okay, here. Uh, night, night of the living buttons. Hello, my lady. Hello, my mommy. Hello, my graveyard ghoul. <laughs> Has a reference and a appearance of Michigan J Frog, where he scares. Mindy and Buttons, uh, with a song, of course. So, so is 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 she like the granddaughter of this of this guy? Wow, yeah, that would be that would be fascinating. She doesn't go crazy though. No, she does. She's the one she that gets out alive. Like that's that's the thing. Maybe maybe it only affects like she'd be like Buttons. I've heard about this. <laughs> My father warned me. <laughs> Stay away from frogs. <laughs> frogs with top hats, especially. Because, I mean, like, on, like, the uh, opening titles of, of Another Frog Evening, you see, like, cave scrawlings of Michigan. So, like, mm. you know, it is, it is it is like, a Jungian kind of, like, <laughs> kind of, like, thing where it's, like, it's just part of the universal consciousness, I guess. No, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, know that. I may have to look that up because I do love Michigan. Yeah. So Jeff McCarthy also provided the voice of Michigan J Frog in that, and in his appearance in the Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries, which was also very small, as well as From Hair to Eternity, that was straight mm. to video uh, with a Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam uh, cartoon legacy series. And it was the last thing that Chuck Jones ever really? directed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool. From Hair to Eternity. He showed up in that really quickly. Um, and uh, then Jeff McCarthy did the voice of Michigan for the WB and Kids WB bumpers until 2001. So what a legacy that guy had taking over the role from Bill Roberts, who was that, uh, that iconic singing voice. And that iconic singing voice can still be heard today as Bill Roberts's archival recordings are used within, and I got to praise it again, the Looney Tunes World of Mayhem RPG game. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. You can download and play right now on your phone and... They went back and they pulled in the recordings of Bill Roberts for those songs. What, what a masterful stroke to do that, to make authentic the appearance of Michigan J Frog, something we've been waiting for since the birth of this game, to be that authentic. You know, I bet, I bet there was a writer on that game who was like, this is, this is my shot. This is like, I'm like... He's he, Michigan is like his favorite Looney Tunes. Like he's been wanting to do this since he was a child. Now he gets the opportunity to put him into a game. Got to get that original Bill. Ro Bill Roberts is like the Lawrence Olivier of dancing frogs. You know, he is. Like he's like, absolutely. 
dancing frogs have him to thank for their popularity. Yes, I mean he did predate Kermit. Not not to not to throw shade at at Kermit. I love Kermit. Kermit <laughs> is 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 a legend and an icon. He's 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 the best Muppet. But if we're gonna have like a Mount Rushmore of dancing frogs, it's gonna be Michigan, Kermit, <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> You're a frog? Oh, sorry. You didn't know that? Oh, this is awkward. Yeah, when I said The Matrix was really important to me about coming out, what did you think that I meant? Oh, boy. So, <laughs> with with the, the entire legacy of Michigan J. Frog upon us, and, you know, having talked about his brief appearances, he had a... <laughs> a cultural milestone happened when he broke through the cartoon zeitgeist and and wall, if you will, and appeared in a Mel Brooks film called Spaceballs, where the alien who pops out of John Hurt, and it is John Hurt reprising his role at a bar in Spaceballs, starts to do the Michigan rag with a top hat and a tiny cane. Again. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my raccoon gal. Send me a kiss by wire. Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. Please. Correction. No, Correction. Not a top hat. He he's wearing he's wearing those straw um circular like Bert from Mary Poppins type hats. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Straw hat. Tiny cane. St- he still has the tiny cane. That is tiny important. cane. <laughs> but it is one- And the animatronic work is really good. It's really good for this little gag that made i want to say pop culture history because it was the yes. first like big uh you know reference to this short i i think ever mm-hmm. um in in a movie uh, i could be wrong i'm I'm pretty sure i'm right though uh, yeah because I, I think actually i think like i wouldn't be surprised if the majority of people's like introduction to michigan J frog um, would be either the 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 WB network like me or Spaceballs. Undoubtedly, yeah, undoubtedly. What does and the J stand for, really by cool. the way? Uh, the J stands for J. Mm. It stands for nothing. Mm. It's 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 a little nuance that they gave the character. Um, but that was a question I did have, and I immediately looked it up. And yeah, there's. Uh, there's nowhere that the J is meant to mean anything other than chaos. a little class, a little class okay, and chaos. Well, and and, if, and chaos. if you turn the J upside down, it is a cane. There you go. So, you I go. mean, uh, but at the same time, it's like, if they took the time to like, give like Chuck E. Cheese a full name, which he does have a full name, by the way, the E stands for entertainment. So... If they if they if they <laughs> if they went the trouble of giving Chucky e. G's full name, why not Michigan J Frog? I'm I mean I'm I'm not trying to start a thing, but I am saying that uh, that I will be starting a petition so for uh, Warner Brothers to name the J. Hashtag name the J, audience. <laughs> Hashtag name the J. I, I will. Jay. I will start that. I will start Please. that out there. Hashtag name the J. But also, I think you have stumbled upon something even greater, which is there needs to be a Michigan J Frog restaurant. Yes. Yes. They do. Yeah. Like you mentioned, there needs to be more Michigan J Frog merchandise. Exactly. I'm not sure why Six Flags 
hasn't taken this upon themselves. Like I, that's the thing. Like I'm like Six Flags. You got Looney Tunes. You got Batman. You got Superman. Step up your game. Step up <laughs> with every game. with everything with <laughs> within those worlds. Please, please. <laughs> I I agree. I agree. And but again, end. the first step to, to do that is selling more Michigan J Frog stuff. Maybe they have some stuff at a movie world in Australia. No, not that I've seen. Oh, not that I've seen. The product needs to get on that. Consumer products at Warner Brothers needs to get on that. But also, we need a restaurant. We need a froggy restaurant. We do. We do. <laughs> I, I mean, I that might be a little perverse to sell. Well, no. Okay. So, no. Okay, wait. Um, Chuck E. Cheese is a mouse or rat. Yes. And they are selling food. And it makes it... So, okay, so they, a frog selling food is not that bad. Although you could run into copyright infringement because there is a chain of restaurants in Florida called, I think it's called like Froggers or Froggies or something like that. And their la- and their mascot is like a frog. So it's it's a frog themed restaurant. Um, not dancing though with the top not, hat. Not that time. I know of. Maybe maybe they they decided to get into to to corner that uh, that cane and top hat market and decided to to put a cane on top at him but last time i checked he did the frog did not dance or sing get on this wb check it out look into it yeah all right this has been our episode on michigan j frog austin is there anything you want to add to this before you wrap it up um i guess one thing that i wanted to add was um you mentioned earlier that you know the one of the amazing things about this short is that it, it there isn't any dialogue um, in it, and I think if you are like an an aspiring filmmaker or like visual artist of any kind, I think I, I would recommend to watch uh, this short or really sort of any cartoons from that era because it's all about visual storytelling um, and how to tell, you know, obviously stories with visuals. Um, so so uh, yeah, so I think I mean. Mad Max Fury Road is basically just a uh, Looney Tunes cartoon. Um, so is uh, Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Um, <laughs> so is uh, The Matrix Resurrections. Um, uh, I'm not denying any of this. Right, exactly. So is like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So is Cool World. So is, you know, Monkey Bone. All that stuff. So yeah, um, if you love those movies... Watch. Shout Mario out to Kart. Monkey Bone. Monkey Good Pool. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, it is Henry Shellick's like quote unquote worst film. Um, but but still, Monkey Bone still has a weird kind of like misshapen part in my heart because there is something very charming about that movie, even though it is kind of off. Um, sure, sure, I agree. So yeah, wa- watch more cartoons. And um, do the Michigan rag. <laughs> dance, dance, dance the Michigan. Thank you uh, so much for giving that shout out to all the animators out there, especially those artists that are really looking into, you know, diving into this industry or wanting to explore their art even more. Definitely check this short out. And it is on HBO Max. It is on the Looney Tunes Golden Collection. Um, if you have either of those things, Dust it off, pull it out, and uh, check it out. Rewatch it. Watch it with the special features. Those are also illuminating in some ways. I have talked about a few of those behind the scenes things, or more than a few of those. But they, you know, they're there for you to to learn, to grow, to admire the artistry, and to keep going to propel your career or your interest even further. Austin, where can the people find you online? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Austin is writing. Um, you can find links to where you can purchase my novel, uh, Mrs. Macabre, as well as find uh, my weekly uh, serialized um, sword and sorcery story, uh, The Legend of the Raven Queen. So check them out, please. 
yeah, check those out. And obviously you can follow the podcast on This Means Pod on Twitter and Instagram and This Means Podcast over on Facebook. If you like our content, please share it with your friends, other Looney Tunes aficionados, and hope everybody has a really fun and safe new year. And as always, that's not all, folks. The Michigan Rye. Everybody likes the Michigan Rye. Every maim and chain and root. Stomp, romp, pump the Michigan. Jump, clump, pump the Michigan rag. That love and rag. You're keeping this in, right? God, I am not keeping this in. Please keep this in. <laughs> Well, one thing I know is that Michael Maltese wrote the Michigan rag, which is not something that is done lightly, like to have a writer of a cartoon write an entire song. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's pretty phenomenal. And it caught on like a lot of people know that song from this short. And, you know, maybe people are like, well, I, I don't know exactly where it's from but i can tell you you know i know it yeah um, it's it sounds like a like a like an american standard like um like those like 1930s 40s kind of like big band yeah. kind of things it it sounds exactly like that so it's in, so when when did you say this short was made when when did it come out in the 50s the first one or the yeah. second one the first one. the first one was 1955 the second one was nineteen ninety five. That's right. Okay, nineteen fifty five. Nineteen fifty five. Going back to the future. I... Had Marty stayed around just a little bit longer, yeah. had uh, Thanksgiving with Lorraine or something, <laughs> uh, he might have run into the Michigan J Frog. We don't know. Although, well, no, I feel like okay. So the alternate ending to to Marty is that he didn't like he didn't make it when the lightning struck the clock tower. He didn't make it. Um, and uh, and the only thing to give him hope again was Michigan J Frog. Oh, okay. Because like he because he stuck Marty there McCoy. in nineteen fifty, so he's gonna have to live his entire life, you know. And so so he and he knows what's going to happen in the future. So does he tell people? Does he not? I don't know. Does does Doc Brown like spiral down into some sort of madness? Because he I, I would imagine so. He he's on the verge of madness. He, in every he really is. He really is. He didn't <laughs> have time to build the scale, but now he does. <laughs> <laughs>